Welcome along to another journey on the London Blogger podcast with me, Stu, where I take you on some of London's most famous and lesser-known walking routes to discover the capital's history and sights. If you'd like to read all my walks, they're available at www.londonblogger.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts or SoundCloud. Today's walk begins at the Shard, takes me through Borough Market and past Southwark Cathedral, before taking a stroll across London Bridge and finally finishing at Monument. My journey starts at the Shard, which stands at over a thousand feet high, making it the tallest building in the UK and the sixth tallest building in Europe. The Shard's developer was Irvin Seller, who had an ambitious vision to create an architecturally striking building that incorporated retail, offices, hotel, apartments, restaurants and a public viewing gallery. In November 1998, Seller acquired Southwark Towers, occupied by PwC, and in May 2000 he arranged a lunch in Berlin with award-winning architect Renzo Piana. Interestingly, Renzo said that he hated tall buildings, but he loved the energy of the railway lines at London Bridge and the Thames nearby. He sketched his vision of the building we see today, and the Shard was born. The inspiration of the design came from the spires of London's churches, the masts of tall ships depicted by the 18th century painter Canaletto, and the masts of sailing ships. There were testing times for the Shard ahead due to the lengthy planning process, high-profile public inquiry and investment problems as a result of the global economic crash. However, in 2008, the state of Qatar came on board with much-needed investment. The construction came under great challenges, with sub-zero temperatures, gale-force winds and the Thames breaking through the protective dam. Nevertheless, in 2012 it was complete and opened by the Prime Minister of Qatar. Since then, its restaurants, hotel and viewing gallery have been opened to the public and tenants occupy the offices. I've been lucky enough to go up the Shard a few times and each time the view gets better and better. It's not just the views across London that are impressive, but looking down on the trains coming in and out of London Bridge Station is very mesmerising. Speaking of London Bridge, it is the oldest railway station in London Fair Zone 1 and one of the oldest in the world having opened in 1836. The station is the fourth busiest in the country with 56 million passengers travelling into it each year. I'll now leave the Shard at London Bridge Station and head to my next destination, Borough Market, which is a wholesale and retail market hall in Southwark. It is one of the largest and oldest food markets in London and was first mentioned in 1276, although the market itself claims to have existed since 1014. The present buildings were built in the 1850s and today many of the market's stallholders are producers from farmers to fishermen with all the stalls, shops and restaurants combining traditional British produce and regional specialities from across the world. After a tasty trip to Borough Market, I head to Southwark Cathedral which is the mother church of the Anglican Diocese of Southwark and has been a place of Christian worship for more than a thousand years. It has only been a cathedral since the creation of the Diocese of Southwark since 1905. The current building has retained its Gothic structure and was built between 1220 and 1420. In 1539 it became the property of King Henry VIII who rented it out to the congregation with it being renamed St Saviour's. However, In 1611, a group of merchants known as the Bargainers bought it from King James I for £800 as they became tired of renting the church for worshipping. 
Throughout the 16th and 17th century, many repairs were done to it, and by the 1820s it was threatened with demolishment due to proposals of a new London bridge. Luckily, after much consultation, the building was restored, and it was thanks to architect George Jilt that many of today's parts are still there. A new diocese was created with a new nave designed by Sir Arthur Blomfield in 1895, and by 1905, St Saviour's Church became Southwark Cathedral. The diocese has a population of two and a half million, servicing over 300 parishes, from Thamesmead in the east to Thamesditton in the west. In 2000, major extensions designed by Richard Griffiths were added to the north of the cathedral, adding a meeting conference rooms, a library, education centre and a shop. Today the cathedral holds five services a day, all year round, and is a centre of teaching, worship, prayers and pilgrimage. After embracing one element of heritage, I move on to another, and to pretty much why this area is known as London Bridge. Before medieval times, the only way to cross the Thames on the north bank to the southern suburb of Southwark was by ferry or on a rickety wooden bridge, so both risky and not that convenient. However, in 1176, after two successive wooden bridges were destroyed by fires, Henry II commissioned the building of a permanent stone crossing, and after 33 years of construction, it was to last more than 600 years. The finished bridge was 275 metres long, with 20 Gothic arches and had a chapel, shops and seven-storey houses either side of it. Although the bridge was 8 metres wide, the buildings reduced the space for traffic to just 4 metres, making the journey still arduous, which sometimes could take as long as an hour. Fire hazards were still prevalent, with the worst coming in 1212, caused by sparks from a house, with at least 3,000 people dying. In 1281, 1309, 1425 and 1437, several parts of the bridge collapsed. The 1281 collapse happened when expanding ice from the frozen Thames crushed five of the arches. These collapses were blamed on Queen Eleanor, who was accused of misappropriating the bridge's revenues and failing to repair them properly. Hence this is where the rhyme, London Bridge is falling down, comes from, as a dig at the Queen. By the 18th century, the old London Bridge, then over 600 years old, needed to be replaced, and it was replaced with John Rennie winning the competition to design it. Rennie's proposal was a five-stone arch bridge, which was 928 feet long and 49 feet wide. It started its development in 1824 and was completed in 1831. In 1967, the bridge was placed on the market and sold to an American in 1968 Robert P. McCulloch of McCulloch Oil for $2.4 million. Its reconstruction was designed by Lord Holford and completed in 1972 at a cost of £4 million. Today it truly gives you a beautiful view across the city with the Shard, Tower Bridge, the walkie-talking Cannon Street Station all visible from it. A walk along the bridge takes me to my final stop on today's walk, Monument. The structure located at Monument Street and Fish Street Hill was built between 1671 and 1677 to commemorate the Great Fire of London and to celebrate the rebuilding of the city. The fire started in Baker's House in Pudding Lane on Sunday the 2nd of September 1666 and was finally extinguished on Wednesday the 5th of September. 
It destroyed most of the city with only stone buildings, St Paul's and the Guild Hall surviving, although it did help eradicate some of the black rats that carried the bubonic plague. Sir Christopher Wren, the architect of St Paul's Cathedral, and his colleague, Dr Robert Hook, provided the design of the monument structure. The plans drew up contained 311 steps leading to a viewing platform surmounted by a drum and copper urn to symbolise where the flames of the Great Fire came from. It is 202 feet high, the exact distance between it and the site on the Pudding Lane where the fire began. On the 4th of October 1677, the Court of Aldermen requested Dr Gale, a master of St Paul's School, to devise a fitting inscription for the new pillars. Three Latin inscriptions were devised, covering the three panels. The north side recalls the city's destruction, the south its restoration, and the east signifies the years in which the erection of the monument was commenced. Also on the west is a sculpture designed by Sibber. So that's all for my journey today, which has taken me from one end of London Bridge to the other, where I've seen both impressive modern day and older architecture. I hope you've enjoyed joining me on this walk, and if you have any memories of London or want to get in touch with me for any reason, you can email me at londonblogger at gmail.com or message me on social media, I'm at London Blogger, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Well, thanks for joining me and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts or SoundCloud. Until next time, stay safe and well and I look forward to you joining me on more of my walking adventures soon.